He can smell fried cheese curds from 15 miles away. This is the Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. Good morning to you. It is 5.05. That's what it says on the clock and on the calendar. It says December 27th, 2019. It is the final Friday of 2019 and I just have absolutely no idea where the time has gone, but I'm glad you're with us. We have got a lot going on. We're going to take a look at your weather, and we're even going to talk about what UW Extension has got going on. Pam Yaki has got the details on that just ahead. We'll be back in just a moment. In farming, getting things done early has a way of setting you up for success, like using Corvus for an early season win over weeds. Corvus keeps even the toughest weeds from gaining a foothold. Multiple sites of action deliver superior control of emerged weeds. And later, Corvus reactivates with just a half inch of rain to take out any new weeds that may have sprouted. So get an early season win against weeds with Corvus for end of season rewards. Always read and follow label instructions. Corvus is a restricted use pesticide. We're coming to the end of the year and we're looking forward to a new year. A lot of things on our mind planning wise. One thing it seems that we hate to plan for is what's going to happen after. I'm Scott Schultz on the northern end of the world's longest barn. Pam, you have some ideas on what can happen in the next generations. You bet, Scott. It's been a conversation I'm sure a lot of families have either started, uh, maybe got farther into. I don't know that it's comfortable for anybody. It's called succession planning, folks. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And, you know, let's just talk about the challenges that farm families have just having the conversation about what happens next. Is mom and dad going to stay engaged in farming? Are they going to exit? How long is it going to take them to exit? Those are the kinds of things that you may think about individually, but you need to talk about collectively. Joy Kirkpatrick can tell you all about it. She's one of our university extension specialists that's going to be hitting the road in January with several just different succession planning opportunities for families. And maybe as importantly, some thought starters when it comes to what you should be discussing today to make those succession planning meetings go a little better. Um, it's interesting, um, you know, in before I would I would have consistently farm succession meetings with individual farms and farm families. Um, it started to slow down a little bit. Um, I think people are kind of trying to decide: can they, you know, do they want to have that conversation now? Or do they need to kind of wait and see? Uh, some of the farm families that I've met with, um, it turns into a farm viability conversation rather than a farm succession conversation. So, you know, that that's sort of, it's, so the pace has slowed down a little bit and the tone of the conversation has changed a little bit too. Mm-hmm. It is going to be that time of the year though where long winter days, continued challenges with the weather, with economics, Let's talk a little bit about how you coach people through the conversation on succession. We have talked about this before. In agriculture, there are so many different dynamics that people outside of agriculture may not understand, appreciate, or recognize. Mm-hmm. How do you start that conversation? How do you help people get there, Joy? Yeah, the thing is, you know, when you think about farms, um, it's, People are passionate about their work no matter what a lot of times, right? Some people, maybe not, but farmers especially are pretty passionate about their work. And a lot of times there's there's a generations of history on that property. So I think that people need to understand that while it is a business, it's also sort of a family legacy that's being wrapped up in this conversation altogether. So when you think about 
um, you know, people are very very willing to talk about how do we transfer these business assets to that next generation and what does that look like? Does it need to be a land contract? What are my tax consequences? But what I really see is that you have to dive a little bit deeper into that emotional component and find out how people feel about certain things and are they able to communicate well together because I find that you know the the finances can be there and it's on paper it looks like this should be a go but if they can't talk to each other if they can't treat each other like partners instead of a parent-child relationship then that's the farm that's going to have the troubles so I try to point that out not that I'm a counselor I'm not an attorney and I'm not a CPA and I'm not a family counselor but you have to be aware of those are the issues that are sort of the the downfalls when if you're not willing to talk about them well and through the course of that conversation you may have to call on all of those professionals that you just talked about and attorney yeah I get that joy uh, accountant I get that joy counselor come on yeah I think that you know in my own personal perspective, everybody can probably take advantage and benefit from some sort of counseling at some point in their lives because it's just a helpful someone to talk to that's not a part of your business and not a part of your family, and you can run some things past them and just get that out, right? Rather than it being a mishmash of complication in the conversation with your family, have a conversation with someone outside of the family. I think it's, I think people should consider that, I mean, so many businesses are millions of dollars, and you're not willing to spend a couple of hours with someone to talk through some of your emotional connection with this, that's short-sighted, in my opinion. Well, and it's been the downfall of a lot of your best succession planning work, too. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit more about uh, the nuts and bolts that I can either start graphing out myself or slowly start conversations with the parties involved. Right. One of the things that I tell people is if you're as organized as you can be, right, making sure that you're collecting the kinds of information that the attorney and the CPA are going to need. So that's, you know, have a description of your farm, uh, maybe... Uh, gather those maps, uh, think about um, kind of gathering all of your asset lists and things like that in one area so that when you do need to go to your attorney or CPA or whoever you might be working with, you've got that packet of information that you're not having to dig in your mind and try to remember how many acres of this did I have last year, that sort of thing. So trying to be just a little more organized with your information. And then having those conversations about what do we want to have happen because if you're having that conversation with your spouse or your partner or your children in front of the attorney and the clock's ticking why don't you have those conversations away from that and have some ideas about what you want to do now you're not going to have the ideas of how to get it done right that's what they are there to help you with but if you know these are our top priority goals what do we need to do and you're all very clear and you're all agreeing on that, then your time with your attorney or your CPA is going to be way more efficient. Yeah, yeah. You know, timelines are important in a lot of different ways. Um, Mom and Dad may have a different timeline than you do mm -hmm. or vice versa. So how do we get through that? Uh, well, we're going through this process. Right. Um, actually, I have a, a worksheet. I'm not pushing my own work, but <laughs> I kind of am. Um, 
Then it's and it's a question. It's a, just a worksheet. That says what do you? Where are you in your personal life three to five years from now? Where are you in your business three to five years from now? And one of the questions is how much of it do you own in five years? A percentage of the farm. And I ask the owner generation and I ask the successor generation to fill those out. And that really helps us see, you know, okay, this is exactly where we need to talk about it because your timeline is that you want to own 80% of it in five years, but the successor generation said the exact same number, 80% in five years. So where where are we going to be in five years? Because you know it's not going to be both of those numbers, right? So trying to, that really, that is one of the questions that has helped me kind of open up the conversation and say, well, what's that going to look like to get us to the number that you think is going to work? And I see both sides of that, right? The owner generation, that may be their retirement. So they're they're concerned about selling or giving too much of it away too fast. Totally get that. The owner, the younger generation, the successor generations, wanting to make improvements, and they know that they probably need to own that to make those improvements. So you can't fault them on that. But just making sure that you have that conversation and say, well, we know that neither one of these are going to work, so what is going to work for sort of in the middle? The other thing that we're doing this year, and we're really excited about this, is we're sort of resurrecting an older program that um, happened a few years ago after um, one of the uh, other financial uh, crises that we had, um, and we're calling it the Farm Couples Weekends. So it's something that uh, farm couples who feel like they need to uh, work on their stress management, but also are thinking about some big decisions that they may need to consider. What are some things they need to be looking at and, and planning for. Um, this is a time for them to come on a Saturday and Sunday and spend some time with other couples um, and with some facilitators and some resource people and just take that time to really reconnect, think about what they need to do for their farm for the next, you know, for the next year or, the, or to move forward. So we're offering those in six different locations. Um, the de- we're partnering with the Department of Ag's Farm Center and uh, Extension, and then it, we got uh, a CHS uh, community giving uh, grant, and so we've got some funding for that. If people are interested, we're gonna we have information on our farm stress. If you Google UW Extension Farm Stress, we'll have some information on our farm couples weekends on that website. Um, here's the thing: is we've gotten enough funding that it is free for the first 10 couples that sign up for each location, right? Um, We do ask for a a deposit, a $50 deposit. If you come and attend both days, you get that money back. So we really want to make this something that we don't put any barriers in anybody's way to be able to come and and be able to participate. Joey Kirkpatrick, she's one of our very valuable University Extension members that's out covering the countryside, like she said, working with succession planning and also trying to help farm couples work through some of the stress that they've all lived with in 2019. Remember, just Google University of Wisconsin Extension Farm Stress and you'll find out more about those couples weekends when you can work on it together. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Someday, everyone will have an energy-efficient tankless water heater and an endless supply of hot water. Benjamin Plumbing is now an A-certified dealer of Renai Tankless Water Heaters, the number one selling tankless water heater in North America. 
Renai tankless water heaters are up to 40% more efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot all day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Go tankless. Endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Whether you are going on a short vacation or consider yourself a snowbird, it is important to prep your home before you leave. Madison Area Crime Stoppers and the Madison Police Department Crime Prevention Unit have 10 safety tips for you. Number one, make sure all of your exterior doors and windows are locked and then double check them all. Number two, make sure someone will shovel your sidewalk. Number three, have someone you trust check on your house every day or every other day. Number four, leave a contact number with a neighbor in case of an emergency. Tip number five, stop your mail and newspapers. Number six, make sure you have lights set on automatic timers and install exterior motion lights if you don't have them. Number seven, encourage a neighbor with more than one vehicle to park their vehicle in your driveway or garage. Number eight, don't mention that you're away on social media sites. Not only does it tell thieves you're away, but it's free information for scammers. Tip number nine, make an inventory list with photos of all your valuables. And tip number 10, make sure to sign up for Madison Police Department's vacation watch service. You can visit at madisonpolice.com for more information. He takes being called a pig as a compliment because he knows that they're smarter than most dogs and people. This is the Farm Report with Josh Scramblin. Good morning and happy Friday to you. Good to have you aboard. Hey, don't forget, you can get a free Fabulous Farm baby bib just by heading to MidwestFarmReport.com. We made it super simple. You go right to the homepage, and right there at the top of the homepage, there is a giant banner that says Quick Trip. Click on that. Tell us where to send that free baby bib, and then we'll get it to you in the mail as soon as we can. Once you get the bib, take a picture of your baby wearing it, email it to us, and then you might just see your baby on our Facebook or social media. And again, that is thanks to the good folks at Quick Trip as they support Wisconsin agriculture. All right, now I am connected live via Skype with ag meteorologist Stu Muck. Stu, good morning to you. Happy Friday. Hope you're doing well. What can we expect over the weekend? Josh, it's a great Friday, no doubt about that, but I think we all have a little more concern about what's happening here. That mild air that's been around has really been thawing topsoil, of course, and that's been getting kind of muddy, getting as sticky and sloppy when you get off the paved path. Well, that's a good sign in one way because I expect we have some rain coming up this weekend, and if we busted up that frost in the topsoil a bit more, maybe there's a chance that moisture could soak in. Probably would be the best thing to talk about, especially for the hay crop, to get that moisture right down into the soil and not have it pond up on top or hold up on a frozen ledge somewhere. Let's look at what's shaped up. Today, high pressure is building in. The high pressure doing a fantastic job. It will mean a fair amount of sunshine. A real nice day. That cool front that pulled through yesterday did drop those temperatures off. That's why we'll stay cooler than yesterday. And even then, I still expect to be above normal for this time of the year. Oh, something like 10 degrees above that normal. It's in the upper 20s right now. So still a real nice mild end of December pattern. But there's that big storm system, Southern California, the Southwest U.S. As it moves east and 
northeast up into the central U.S. I'd say right now it looks like it heads up toward Kansas or maybe southern Nebraska heading to northern Missouri. But as it moves north, it will swing a warm front right up into Wisconsin. And it's that warm front that brings in more mild air. Temperatures don't cool off any. In fact, warming up for Saturday, staying real mild Saturday night, even warmer into Sunday. But all of that mild air and moisture coming in, well, that's going to lead to rainfall. Now, I'll have to say La Crosse, Boston may have just a little mix of rain or freezing rain, even a couple of snowflakes into the very early morning hours of Saturday, a little rain or freezing rain elsewhere, but that's all going to change over to rain during the day Saturday, stay as rain through Saturday night and into Sunday. There's been some talk of a thunderstorm even Saturday night. Be prepared for that. You're heading toward the end of the year that we could have a rumble of thunder at night but rain is a big factor here not too heavy yet early saturday but on towards saturday night and early sunday rain amounts pretty easily in a half to one inch range are going to be seen localized heavier amounts if we see a thunderstorm around so a very wet pattern heading on into the weekend like i've said temperatures stay very mild much above normal sunday but we start to cool down monday in fact monday is that low passes through winds start turning to the west and northwest start cooling us off somewhat even cooler back down toward freezing by tuesday so we are going to have that kind of a situation but we are cooling off and even then when i say cooling it's still above normal for this time of the year that's how it's going to stay right on into the new year i'd say even new New Year's Day and the day after, we're still looking at well above normal temperatures. Hopefully that's going to be pretty enjoyable for any plans we've made around that time. Of course, it's going to be awfully muddy here in the southern part of the state. I'll have forecast details right after this. In farming, getting things done early has a way of setting you up for success. Like using Corvus for an early season win over weeds. Corvus keeps even the toughest weeds from gaining a foothold. Multiple sites of action deliver superior control of emerged weeds. And later, Corvus reactivates with just a half inch of rain to take out any new weeds that may have sprouted. So get an early season win against weeds with Corvus for end of season rewards. Always read and follow label instructions. Corvus is a restricted use pesticide. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at RuralMutual.com slash careers. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. So let's look at it. A little cooler today than we've seen here lately, but still very fine, as I expect will be in the mid or upper 30s. Remember, the normals are in the mid or upper 20s. A very pleasant day because of that. Partly sunny, west winds about 5 to 10. Then that low starts moving in. The warm front closes in. Mostly cloudy for Friday night. And by the early morning hours, you know, 4 a.m. or so, a little rain, freezing rain. Could be some snowflakes, lacrosse and Mauston. Temperatures overnight falling into the upper 20s. And winds become come east late in the night about five 
Cloudy skies then Saturday. Rain could be freezing rain or a couple of snowflakes early in the morning. More likely rain falling in the day. Mid and upper 40s for highs. Southeast winds about 5 to 10. Rain overnight Saturday night. Cloudy Sunday. Some rain at least in the morning may pop up a bit later. About 54. We'll talk about low 50s on Sunday with southwest winds at 5 to 15. Like I've said, late Saturday into Sunday, rain amounts pretty easily in a half to one inch range. I'll have to remember to get my rain gauge out so we know what we're talking about come Monday because I expect it to be a pretty wet pattern here Josh like I said though also even though it cools a little still well above normal right into the new year all right ag meteorologist Stu Muck connected live via Skype we do that every single weekday right around 5 20 a.m. thank you so much for that Stu and for the Midwest Farm Report I'm Josh Scramlin this is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke Selecting the right alfalfa variety is more commitment than choice. I'm Shannon Latham, and because alfalfa has a long-term impact on your bottom line, Latham alfalfa products are uniquely built for greater yield potential, pest resistance, and unmatched forage quality. All to give growers options that thrive in local growing conditions, whether you produce cash hay or feed on farm. Commit to success in your alfalfa fields. Talk to your local Latham sales rep, see us at LathamSeeds.com, or call 877-GO-LATHAM. Someday, everyone will have an energy-efficient tankless water heater and an endless supply of hot water. Benjamin Plumbing is now an A-certified dealer of Renai Tankless Water Heaters, the number one selling tankless water heater in North America. Renai tankless water heaters are up to 40% more efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot all day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Go tankless. Endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Attorney John Rihala with Clifford and Rihala. We're ready to take on tough cases. Some firms won't take them. It's not the field that they play on. And that's okay. But when it comes to personal injury cases, Clifford and Rihala is ready to play and win on any and all fields. There have been a number of times when other firms have asked us to handle their most complex cases. And we relish these opportunities because that's where the most skilled attorneys can make the biggest impact for clients. We aren't afraid of hard work, and we won't shy away from putting in the extra hours it takes to win tough cases. We do absolutely everything that is necessary to bring you the best result we can. And that's what it's going to take to get you all that you deserve for your injuries and everything you've lost. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. Shop I-39 Supply in any weather. I-39 Supply's huge indoor showroom and over 200 trailers in stock. Yeti coolers, Vortex optics, and 04 outdoor hunting blinds. I-39 Supply, trailer service and more, I-39supply.com. Castles, culture, and cows. That's the combination we've got lined up for you on our next agriculture adventure. I'm Pam Yankee, inviting you to come along to Scotland and Northern Ireland, September 15th through the 25th. 
We'll start off with three nights in Glasgow, where we'll cruise Loch Lamont, tour the Inverary Castle. Then it's on to historic Edinburgh and touring the capital cities of Belfast and Dublin. Just think about the history there. You want to talk history? We'll be touring the Titanic Belfast Museum and also witnessing the breathtaking Giant's Causeway. We've got agricultural highlights included, a visit to an Ireland dairy farm, and the fantastic National Museum of Rural Life in Scotland. Call 800-826-2266 for details or email me for a brochure, pam at midwestfarmreport.com. Also online, holidayvacations.com. Scotland and Ireland. Join us. Jewelry is always the perfect gift for that special someone. You want to go to Goodman's Jewelers, where they have the experience and patience to work with you to find that perfect diamond. Pendant necklace, diamond earrings, engagement ring. It'll be a one-of-a-kind and all yours at Goodman's Jewelers, a couple blocks from the Capitol on State Street. Art doesn't see disabilities. That's because art is truly for everyone, all artists, ages, cultures, and abilities. But for individuals with disabilities, making art transforms not just them as creators, it transforms everyone around them. VSA Wisconsin has been changing lives through art for over 30 years. We provide accessibility and participation in all arts learning that enhance so many aspects of life. For thousands of Wisconsinites with disabilities, from three years old to seniors, we offer participation in music, visual art, creative writing, movement, and drama. What can VSA Wisconsin do for you? Inspire. You'll see at our programs, shows, events, and sales throughout the state. Attend classes and workshops taught by professional artists at the VSA Art Center in Madison. Or visit our gallery and shop and take some inspiration home. Visit us online at vsawis.org to volunteer, donate, to get informed, get involved, and get inspired by art all over again. All right, Rob, is it, uh, is it time uh, for you know the uh, Seahawks to leave where they win Sunday night and, and gift Packers home field advantage, uh, assuming we can beat the Lions, which obviously I want to talk to about that game. But first, uh, how much stock do you put in you know the Marshawn Lynch coming back, Seattle 12th man, trying to play for that? I mean, because you think about this game, not only does it benefit the Packers, how crazy is this? The winner could potentially be the one seed. The loser could be the sixth seed. I mean, talk about just a complete flip of your playoff fate for the winner and loser of this game between Seahawks and 49ers. Yeah, that's what's wild about the NFC, Joey, is you know, we, we know the six teams, right? But just the order is is so convoluted right now in terms of, of how it's going to go. I, I just, from Seattle's perspective, again, I think I mentioned this Tuesday. I mean, if I'm starting a franchise today in some order, it's, it's Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Russell, right? Um, those, those are the three guys I want. So Seattle's got a a fighter's chance anytime it takes the field with, with Russell Wilson under center. But the way they've just been absolutely decimated at the running back position, I mean, can they get more than eight or ten carries out of Marshawn Lynch um, come Sunday night? I mean, maybe, I, I I guess at this point, what what's the harm in giving it to him 20 times? But they're so thin now at that position. Um, I, I guess the good thing from a Green Bay, a Packer Nation perspective, guys, is that San Francisco's defense hasn't come close in the last month to looking like the unit uh, that that uh, held Green Bay to eight points and, and rendered that offense virtually null and void. Uh, what was that week week twelve or week thirteen? And and so maybe Seattle's going to have a chance to put up twenty seven thirty points, much like they did in that game in in San Francisco earlier in the year, guys. And, and like you said, Joel, 
that home field advantage, that crowd is 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 worth more than a field goal. If if three points is, is what Vegas gives in, in an average home field Sunday, it's got to be four or five, doesn't it, in Seattle? So um, I, I expect that to be a field goal game late, one way or the other, guys. I, I expect Seattle to be to be in it right until the end, and and obviously. You know, if Green Bay goes ahead and takes care of business against the Lions like everybody expects they will, um, everyone in, in Wisconsin and every Packer fan around the country will be pulling extremely hard for Seattle come Sunday night. So it, it, sh- it should be a ton of fun come Sunday, guys. And then we get to the other side of the equation. That's obviously the game in Detroit. And, you know, I always feel like, you know, you, you always have that uneasy feeling, Rob, going into that, even years when the Lions are down and the Packers are up. That being said, is this the year where you can't even do that because Detroit is so bad and so talk about decimated with injuries? And I think they they kind of tapped out weeks ago. I mean, do you see any thought of the Lions trying to rise up and play spoilers or with a third string quarterback, third string basically at every position? There's just nothing the Lions can offer up to the Green Bay on Sunday. Yeah, and then you throw in the fact, Joe, it certainly doesn't behoove them to go ahead and win the football game, does it from a draft? perspective you know they, they they don't want to get to what would it be 4 11 and 1 versus 3 12 and 1 they'll, they'll fall a couple of spots in all likelihood if, if that happens so uh, you know the only concern i think from green bay's perspective but i, I i'm assuming guys this is league-wide it's just that this is such a unique work week uh for the packers right you play the game monday night in essence you have tuesday and wednesday off you're back at it today i know LaFleur brought his coaching staff in yesterday at noon and, and had them prepare the rest of uh, the rest of the day. They, they had the, the morning with their families, and, and then it was just kind of back to the grind for them. But from a player's perspective, you throw in the fact, guys, that they've really had what it'll be the better part of 60 hours off, I guess, by the time they get to the building right about now, or a bunch of them I'm sure are in. And and now you, you just have a unique work week. Like you said, Joe, though, it's, it's a perfect team on the schedule when, when you do have a goofy work week like this. Um, again, D- Detroit is decimated across the board injury-wise. No Matthew Stafford, which is obviously the, the, the biggest loss that, that they have there. The wideouts are still a little bit dangerous, Joe. Those guys can hurt you. But with a third-string quarterback throwing the ball, the way Green Bay got after Cousins on Monday night with the five sacks, the three-and-a-half from, from Darius makes you think that Blau won't have a whole lot of time to throw the football. I, you know, at the end of the day, Joe, I, I would think this is something like 33-10, give or take. I, I would think Green Bay in a, in a mini route. But, you know, Green Bay hasn't made a lot of games easy this year. You guys know that. Uh, games you would expect like Washington to be a one-sided route and, a, you know, kind of a blowout. It, it, it really hasn't followed the script. When asked to name his favorite family members, he asks if the animals in the barn count. This is the Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. It's Josh Scramlin for the Midwest Farm Report, and one of the big discussions in ag, especially this year, 2019, has been the rise of plant-based milk and just exactly what their place in the marketplace is. And along those same lines, the conversation regarding meatless meat is another hot topic. To gain some insight into the issue, I spoke with... George Manick, Strategic Marketing Director for Cary. So how would you sum up the current state of the plant-based meat industry? You know, it, it's growing, and it's found favor with consumers through... Uh, through food service, through things like the Impossible Whopper. Uh, McDonald's is launching their PLT. Um, 
Carl's Jr. has a plant-based burger. So we're seeing it proliferate um, specifically in quick-serve restaurants. We're also seeing uh, distribution and retail through brands like Beyond Meat. Impossible is uh, just getting set to launch at retail. Uh, Dr. Prager's has recently reconfigured their burger line. Uh, Morningstar uh, Farms is coming out with Incognito. So we're seeing a lot of action and a lot of activity uh, in the plant-based meat space. Now, I was watching your presentation, and one of the most interesting things is it seems like a lot of people think that when they're eating plant-based meat, plant-based protein is better than animal-based protein. Where do you think that perception is coming from? Um, That's a really good question. And uh, I think part of it is just that it's coming from plants. And plants have a halo, um, whether it's uh, food or non-food. I mean, we even see it in things like cleaning supplies. If it's powered by plants, it's seen as being a premium product to something that... uh, you know, is, is maybe more chemical-based. And, and I think um, in the food space, uh, anything that is derived from plants uh, has intrinsically a consumer perception of being better for you. Mm-hmm. Now, these plant-based food companies or plant-based meat companies, what type of consumer are they after and what type of consumers are trying these products? That's another good question. Um, they're after the flexitarian consumer. So uh, not the vegetarian, the hardcore vegetarian or hardcore vegan. That's about 3 to 5% of the U.S. population. And it'll probably stay about 3 to 5% of the U.S. population. Um, flexitarian or people who um, espouse a flexitarian lifestyle are 60 to 70% of U.S. consumers. And that would be, so for example, the, the, the biggest manifestation of a flexitarian consumer is Meatless Monday. So a consumer that is looking to uh, reduce the amount of meat they consume for whatever reason and is looking for uh, other alternatives uh, to, um, to consuming meat, and they're still looking for that protein, they're still looking for that great flavor, and so they're turning to some of these um, plant-based meat alternatives as a potential, uh, as a potential um, branch-out type of product. Mm-hmm. Now, Impossible is probably the most well-known of the uh, meatless meat brands, and something that their CEO said, uh, you said in your presentation, kind of caught me by surprise. So can you tell me uh, what they said and the thought process behind that? Huh. Yeah, the, the Impossible CEO uh, said that they would like to make uh, all meat globally irrelevant or redundant by 2035. Uh, Impossible and and Beyond consider themselves to be tech companies as opposed to food companies. And so they're looking to do to food what companies like Airbnb, Netflix, Amazon, and Uber did to their respective industries. And that's take long-established practices and long-established industry players and basically sweep them off uh, to the side and reestablish the industry in an image that they create. And finally, uh, last question, what does the next maybe 10 to 15 years look like between this plant-based protein and animal-based protein battle look like? Really interesting. Um, I think that, I don't think that plant-based meat alternatives are going to go away. Um, I also don't think that they're going to completely replace um, animal-based meat proteins. I think there's going to be a balance, and they're going to reach an equilibrium where um, plant-based meat alternatives become, you know, another protein choice for a consumer. And, um, you know, if you take a look at where plant-based proteins are going right now, or plant-based meat alternatives, is they're, you know, they're really focused on that eating experience and on the flavor. And I think that's an area where... um, meat, whether it's beef or pork or chicken, um, where, you know, they, where those proteins have, um, 
you know, quite a head start because they've been uh, incorporated into the diet like, forever, um, and uh, they're just they're just good eating. Pretty interesting stuff there from George Manick. He is the strategic marketing director for Carry Ingredients. George, thank you so much for your time. And for the Midwest Farm Report, as always, I'm Josh Scramlin. In farming, getting things done early has a way of setting you up for success, like using Corvus for an early season win over weeds. Corvus keeps even the toughest weeds from gaining a foothold. Multiple sites of action deliver superior control of emerged weeds. And later, Corvus reactivates with just a half inch of rain to take out any new weeds that may have sprouted. So get an early season win against weeds with Corvus for end of season rewards. Always read and follow label instructions. Corvus is a restricted use pesticide. Wow. Wisconsin winter hit us early, and you know it's going to stick around. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee for my friends at McFarland, 780 Carolina Street, in the heart of Sauk City, just off Highway 12, where everything is all under one roof. And that's what I love about McFarland's, especially given Wisconsin's weather. So if you are still looking to winterize your car or truck, still need to take a look at tires, McFarland's takes care of you all under one roof. The Farmer's Almanac predicting another vicious winter in Wisconsin. That snowblower may need reinforcements. And McFarland's is there. No matter your make or model, they'll take care of you. It is that time of the year if you're looking for unique gift-giving ideas. Talk to each one of the experts in every department at McFarland's, and they'll have suggestions for you. And if you're looking to do a little holiday entertaining or planning for a successful event in 2020, then start your visit with McFarland's Rental Department. All of it under one roof off Highway 12 in the heart of Sauk City. McFarland's. When he was in college, he would use his talent as a world-renowned hog caller as a way to pick up chicks. This is the Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. We'll take a look at your markets in a moment, but first, the U.S. swine herd is in the midst of an expansion phase. Bob Brown of Bob Brown Consulting says this growth began in the summer of 2018. Just looking at the last 28 weeks of hog slaughter, starting in June of this year through last week, FI hog slaughter totaled 70.7 million head. That was up about 3.7 million, or 5.5% over the same period in the prior year, which says to me that USA pork producers started expanding in August of 2018. With the first time they heard news of ASF in China, it looks to me like that they started holding more gills. And with that, let's take a look at the markets. Cash corn is at 388.5. That's up a penny. And new crop corn is up a penny as well at 395 and a quarter. While cash beans are at 937 and three quarters, that is up one and a quarter. Cash beans are at 946 and a half. That's up one and three quarters of a cent. While cash wheat is at 549, that is up eight cents. And new crop wheat is up seven pennies at 551 and three quarters of a cent. And as for those fluid milk contracts, right now, January 2020 milk is down 36 cents. It's 16.95. And February milk is down 29 cents at 17.03. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. In baseball, these are the moments that bring us to our feet. But the most important moment happens when we all stand together. United for a great cause. We once again join our partners Stand Up to Cancer in reaffirming a commitment to the fight against cancer. Since 2008, Major League Baseball, its fans, players, and coaches have delivered a powerful, determined message that we, together, 
will defeat cancer. I'm Matt Damon. I'm Candace Patton. Joe Manganiello. Jordana Brewster. Zachary Levi. I'm Uzo Aduba. Cancer has in some way touched all of us. So join Major League Baseball and stand up to cancer as we stand in honor of all loved ones affected by this disease. Visit standuptocancer.org slash MLB. Stand up with us. You no longer have to hide your hands. Your hands have been taking care of everyone else. Isn't it time that you take care of your hands? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Did you know there are several aesthetic treatments that help your hands look brighter, healthier, and more youthful? Treatments such as broadband light and chemical or laser peels help with tone, texture, and getting rid of those stubborn age spots. Skin type procedures can smooth out wrinkles and fine lines as well as add new collagen. Dermal filler like Restylane Lift is used to improve the volume in the back of the hands. The results are noticed immediately, giving you a fuller, more hydrated appearance. Most treatments can last over a year and are more affordable than you might think. Now you can show off your hands with confidence. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. A man that knows any food tastes better when deep fried and served on a stick. This is the Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. It's Josh Scramlin for the Midwest Farm Report, and I always love it when people stop by the studio, especially somebody such as Laura Daniels. Laura? Hello. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, thank you for stopping by. It's been a while since I've seen you. I think probably St. Paul over the summer. Yeah, that's right, at that dairy conference. That was a good time. It was. That was a good time. Yes. But I wanted you to stop by today because I wanted to talk about the Dairy Girl Network. Um, being newer to Wisconsin, this is something that I've heard about. And when I first met you, I didn't know that you were the founder of it. But yeah. explain to people what is the Dairy Girl Network. I'm happy to do that. We are an organization that is designed to help women find information that will move them to uh, do better in every sort of part of their life. We spend a lot of time talking about dairy topics, calves, cows, herd health, finances, but there's also this really cool element of self-empowerment and making sure that they're growing themselves as individuals. And uh, that balance has really, really had a great uptake with our membership across the nation. And um, we can talk a little bit more about you know how things started and mm-hmm. all of that, but uh, the, the takeaway on Dairy Girl Network really is that uh, we have members across the nation who are coming together and finding a community when they might not have one just up the street from them anymore, the way the dairy business has changed, not just here in Wisconsin, but everywhere. Yeah, that would lead me to my next question is, was that the reason that you created this? Was you saw a need that needed to be filled? Yeah, it happened at World Dairy Expo. So it, it you know, here in October at Madison, the, the epicenter mm-hmm. of the dairy world. And I realized that there were so many women who were coming to town to work in their trade show booth or to show cattle or to come for an important meeting that was hinged together with World Dairy Expo, but that they didn't have the chance to meet people beyond their company or their farm. And we decided, let's just invite people and have a social networking event. And it started small, and we asked people, invite people you know who will be there, and created a little Facebook group to Mm -hmm. be sure we were tracking and had easy access to the information 
celebration. And suddenly there were going to be uh, over 50 people who were going to be at the event. And I, I realized we need a venue. Mm-hmm. We need a name. And this is really going to be something And it was awesome. And from that first night when we just came together to discuss and and meet each other, it was so clear that this needed to be a thing. And uh, the following year at World Dairy Expo, we went to Monona Terrace and we had 160 women show up. And when they left that second event, we realized we need to bring this to Tulare. We need to bring this to Pennsylvania because there's something going on here. Mm -hmm. Uh, We appointed our board of directors and uh, that was over five years ago. And and here we are today with uh, staff and a board of directors who are all committed to our mission. Jeez. Wow. You guys got really official really quickly, didn't you? <laughs> we did. It's it's certainly not just me. Mm-hmm. I immediately, as I, I looked around and thought, who else might be interested in something like this? And Christy Pagel and Michelle Philibeck, um were, were right there immediately. And Carrie Mess, uh, Derry Carrie. Yep. And uh, they were that first group who said, yes, and how can I help? And they all, of course, landed on the board of directors. <laughs> and then, that's right. <laughs> and then we started looking out who from outside of Wisconsin needs to be a part of this. And a really important moment in the development of Dairy Girl Nup Network happened when we asked Luann Troxel to join us. She is a dairy producer from Indiana, and she's the one who shifted our mission because she said, Laura, I, I think this is great that you're meeting together at World Dairy Expo, but what about all those dairy women who will never set a foot in the event? Mm-hmm. They can't make it to Expo because they're working hard, they're raising their family, or they live too far away. We need to reach those women who are isolated. And just like that, the entire mission shifted because we realized that so many are isolated. Mm-hmm. Even if you live in the middle of a dairy community, you're still uh, your friends and the other moms at school, or they, they still have a different walk in life mm-hmm. than being connected to the dairy business, which is so demanding. Now talk to me, as far as the organization goes, what topics or issues are you guys really zeroing in on and saying, hey, we need to dedicate some time and resources to this? Yeah. Well, always education. Um, there are lots of organizations in extension whose focus is education. And, and we're on that list because we believe if our members have access to information, they can ask better questions. They feel more confident to take their seat at the table, whether that is within their farm business or an an allied industry that they work for or their community or the school board or even their family. Uh, We want them to be confident to sit down and ask great questions. So information it's definitely something that we're very focused on. Um, I mentioned a Spanish course. That's that's an area we focused a lot of resources on right now. Uh, we know that if our members can communicate more effectively with the teams uh, that are that are doing all that great work on their dairies, mm-hmm. that that they will be able to be more effective as leaders. Uh, another area that we have spent a lot of time on through our communication efforts and social media is mental health awareness. And uh, behavioral health as a as an issue that we need to be aware of within agriculture and within within our group as women, 
Uh, there's a, uh, of course, within agriculture, everyone has a tremendous amount of pressure, but multiple roles can lead to multiple sources of, uh, you know, anxiety, to be mm-hmm. quite frank. And so in the month of May, we've spent a lot of time with our members sharing specific stories about uh, their challenges and triumphs when it comes to um, behavioral health. And we're really proud of that. It's an effort that we know Dairy Girl Network can fill a gap nationwide and here in Wisconsin. It's something we're very proud of. Now, something I'm fascinated by is that, and I'm, I'm proud of you guys because it started here in Wisconsin, but it stretches far beyond the Wisconsin borders, like yeah. you said. What other states do you guys have members in and you're seeing activity within the network in? Yeah, anywhere there is a dairy producer, we have members, mm-hmm. which is uh, important because we want to be sure to be inclusive when we look at uh, all of the issues fa- facing the dairy business, whether you're in California or in Pennsylvania. We do have a few states that we have especially large membership. Of course, Wisconsin. Yes. Um, Minnesota is also a, a large portion of our membership. California. California, Pennsylvania, and New York are some of the the leading states, but we have uh, uh, events in Georgia and in Indiana and Michigan and um, Maryland, <laughs> Maine. <laughs> uh, really, any place there's dairy cows, you can you can find a, a Dairy Girl Network uh, cluster or uh, event. And you're probably looking forward to November 3rd through the 5th, 2020, because you're going to be able to see a lot of them at what? Yeah, we have our national conference, which we hold every other year, and it's called Forward Together. And what we're trying to do with this conference is is make it uh, an experience more than just an access to great speakers. There's going to it's going to be very interactive, and this conference is tailored to women who are interested in growing their own skills in in, in a multitude of ways and interacting with one another. And I am absolutely thrilled that it's going to be here in Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. going to be held in Lake Geneva at the Grand Geneva Resort that first week of November, as you mentioned, 2020. So we're inside a year from the conference and busily working on the speakers and all of those little touches that make this such an incredible experience. All right. And then before I let you go, how can people get involved? Go to DairyGirlNetwork.com. That is the best thing you can do. Click on Become a Member. And once you do that, you will start to receive all of our information and you'll be able to choose how you engage with this organization. All right. Perfect. Laura, thank you. Always good to see you. Good to see you too. All right. Signing off with Laura Daniels. She is a dairy farmer in Cobb, Wisconsin, and she is also the founder of Dairy Girl Network. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Josh Scramlin. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold, diamonds, jewels. No reason at all, especially when you stop into Goodman's Jewelers, 220 State Street, same location they've been at for over 85 years because they haven't been in business that long by.